to the EPL show. We're into injury time, Fergie time, if you like. We're wrapping up with our final segment, just looking ahead at the weekend's fixtures. Uh, as has been mentioned, we're done with international football for quite a while now. I think the next international break usually comes around February or March, so we have lots of Premier League action. You know, the, the midweek games are going to start coming heading into December as well. But looking no further than this week, and then the first game of this round is a very interesting one with Leicester City hosting Chelsea. I think Leicester, by their lofty ambitions in the last couple of years, probably haven't been as good as they would have liked or would have expected so far this season. Chelsea, on the other hand, topping the table at the moment, uh, looking very solid How do you see this one playing out? Because I think Leicester, just as it seemed that they were maybe sort of starting to turn a corner, they had four games unbeaten, albeit draws with Burnley and Crystal Palace that maybe they would have liked to have won. They beat Manchester United, beat Brentford away, which is proving to be a tough fixture. But a quite insipid defeat against Arsenal and a draw against struggling Leeds in their last game maybe has, has put that little resurgence on ice at the moment. So how do you see this one turning out and how do you see Leicester's season uh, unfolding? Because, you know, Brendan Rodgers is, is still a name linked with the Manchester United job as well. So that could throw another spanner in the works. I think he's uh, slowly going about tainting the reputation he's rebuilt for himself mm. uh, this season. Uh, I don't think it's quite caught up to him yet. Yep. Um, but seeing him as a realistic proposition for a, a big job, means that he has to achieve something tangible uh, with Leicester City. And so often they're in the mix for a Champions League place, um, you know, as, an, as a real underdog in that, in that race. And so often on the last few weeks of the season, they bottle it when it counts. And uh, thinking back to certain Liverpool fixtures mm. uh, that may or may not have uh, let slip a title race lead, doesn't paint a great picture for Brendan <laughs> Rodgers. Uh, I I think he's chopping and changing too much this season. There's too much inconsistency in the starting lineup. Yes, they've had injuries, but he still doesn't really know what his best team is, and it's hurting them. They have no fluency in this in this side, no consistency. Um, so you know, Manchester United. I think in a lot of people watched that game and got a false impression of how good Leicester City are mm. because United made them look a lot better than yeah. they really are. So I'm going for Chelsea in this game. Yeah, I I think so too. I think. Leicester will, will continue to be an interesting story because if we're talking mm. about sort of Aston Villa in a team that's underperforming expectations, you know, if on one hand, if Rodgers is uh, going to be consistently linked with the Manchester United job, he might actually have to be looking the other way and making sure that um, the, uh, the the Leicester-shaped uh, alligator isn't uh, snapping at his ankles, if you like, to use... Uh, some sort of random analogy that I've put together there. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> they, uh, they sit 12th. I mean, what are we, 15 points, which is level with Palace and Everton. A win uh, or within a win of sixth, uh, which is Manchester United on 17th. So, again, in this formative part of the Premier League season, the, the, the gaps are always uh, quite close. But with games like Chelsea still to play, uh, I don't think they've played Liverpool either uh, off the top of my head. I don't think we've played them yet. Um, you know, they, they need to start picking up some results. And, and it is these next few weeks where the table is going to start taking shape. So uh, a, a positive result in, in this game would, would be massive uh, for for Leicester. They, uh, 
they beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final. They did. Did they? Tillemans, so, yeah. the long-range belter. Yeah, so yeah. perhaps they can uh, they can channel some of that uh, Wembley magic. Uh, Newcastle and Brentford we mentioned uh, earlier. Eddie Howe's first game. I was just looking at the table before. I'm shocked that Brentford are only 14th on 12 points. I mm. thought they were... Much higher than that. Have I've, you been reading XG tables again? <laughs> yeah, possibly I have. Or I'm, maybe I'm just still uh, shivering from the three-all draw that <laughs> Liverpool had at the the Brentford Community Stadium. Uh, I think is. this is going to be a bit of a, a wet blanket, this one. I think it's going to be an underwhelming one-all. Mm. I think often when new managers come in, they keep it simple and keep it tight. And I don't think Eddie Howe's really going to go for the jugular in this one, knowing that Brentford can hit in transition so effectively as they did against Liverpool. So I think it'll be a, uh, probably a one-all, hopefully not a nil-all, but I think it's going to yeah. be a draw. I'm going to go for Brentford. I, I really like what they're doing. I think they can uh, they can take the win despite the uh, the inevitable um, Eddie, Eddie Howe or, or new manager effect that uh, that does seem to happen. Burnley and Crystal Palace is uh, perhaps pre-season we would have been looking at this fixture thinking two teams towards the bottom of the table. As it is, only one team towards the bottom of the table. That's Burnley who... Uh, are the other side in the bottom three alongside Newcastle? I think this one's obvious. It's got to be a Crystal Palace win, surely. Yeah. I mean, they're flying at the moment. Yep. Uh, England debutant Colin, Conor Gallagher uh, can no longer uh, <laughs> be uh, asked to check his grandparents' uh, birthplaces. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's definitely playing for uh, for the three lines, and yep. and that's that's a, a feather in the cap of Patrick Vieira and and Wolf mm. Zaha still um, you know outstanding for a team at that level. Um, so. Yeah, I'm going for a Crystal Palace win. At yeah. Burnley, I think this might be the season where the wheels come off. Yeah, they're, they're another one like Newcastle where a lot of people each year mm. predict that this is going to be the one where they go down and Sean Dyche always manages to propel them up to 8th or ninth or 10th or, or just keep them safe. But certainly early doors, they look to have lost a lot of, you know, what, what, what's what been, mm. I say great, oh, Probably successful is the the better term because it's not it's not really great to watch, uh, but it, it's been successful for them. Is the the productivity that they've got out of uh, Chris Wood and and Ashley Barnes mainly as the front two? They've brought Maxwell Cornet in who, who's been scoring quite a few goals. Dwight McNeil hasn't really had a, as much of an impact this season uh, as he has in previous campaigns. Uh, it's so Sean Dyche to look at a guy who's played as an attacking wing back in league uh, in Maxwell Cornet and go right. That's a striker. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's when um, I remember when he signed. Everyone sort of looked up and thought, "What's this? You know, an, an attacking fullback? What is yeah. what is going on at Burnley?" But no, <gasps> turns out play him up front. turns out the plan was uh, was to pop him up front all along. Uh, Aston Villa and Brighton. This one is a really interesting game because uh, I am very publicly a massive fan of Brighton, and and finally I've been backed up. Last year I supported them. All season, and they just continued to drop in Brentford-esque XG performances yep, and not XGFC. win. They're now showing it that they can do it. They're in seventh. They're, They're actually o- outperforming their XG, if you believe, in the uh, points Believe table. it or not, they've only lost two games, which only Liverpool and Chelsea have, have lost one. But there's a new manager bounce. Exactly. And it is one Steven Gerrard that we have mentioned. I'm still going to go for Brighton in this one. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go draw. I think I. Yeah, I'm going to go draw. I think Brighton, very good. 
Aston Villa also, I, I really do think their potential is very high. It's interesting as well, looking at this period that Gerrard's coming into. Brighton, Crystal Palace, Man City, Leicester and Liverpool. The first five games for Aston Villa. So that could be... Baptism of fire. Absolutely. If, if ever I saw... I can't wait for the Liverpool game. That's going to be it's so gonna good. It's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah, coming to All Anfield right. on December 12. Watford, Manchester United. Um, Watford. They can't, they can't lose that. Watford. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, but I'm picking Watford. Are you, do you actually think that? I do actually. <laughs> Interesting. Why? Josh King is going to score five. No, um, <laughs> I I think uh, United are in a really bad place at the moment uh, when it comes to their squad composition and the manager uh, being torn between what's been successful for him in the past and what he feels he should do as Manchester United manager. You know. You know, got to play with wingers. You know, you got to get the ball in the box. You got to play attacking football. It's the United way. It's in the DNA. You know, mm. and uh, in fact, the most successful performances of his reign have been much more transitional, counter-attacking. Um, so you know, playing the likes of uh, Greenwood and Rashford up top and getting the ball to them quickly, yep. um, as opposed to trying to dominate games as they. They uh, did in their uh, 90s heyday. So, mm. In some ways, Solskjaer sort of provided the blueprint mm. to beating Man City uh, a couple of years sure. ago when they did the double over uh, Pep side in the, in, the, in the Premier League. And it was and exactly what And then abandoned that blueprint. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and were just god-awful in the last Manchester derby before yeah. the international break. Surely they can't lose to Watford. So I'm going to go with a Manchester United win, but... Do you dilly ding dilly dong? Potentially, can you can you see? Oh, there's been so much talk about Solskjaer. It's it's getting a little old now. Yeah. But can you see him getting sacked at some point? Ah, uh, he will get Do sacked you, at some point, but it's not going to be during the season. Point, but yeah, you think they'll leave it to if, the if end? If you can lose five nil to Liverpool at home and keep your job, you're not getting sacked during the season. Yeah, and they 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 will get to a point where they can no longer mathematically qualify for the Champions League. And then with however many games left, there'll be a caretaker. That's the pattern we see at Manchester United. They yep. don't like to change coaches during the season. I guess, uh, was Mourinho an exception uh, to that rule? I think there was yeah. a mid-season change. Yep. But that was like pure toxic uh, dressing room atmosphere. That, that became urgent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a way, sure. I think Mourinho you know, uh, was about to file the paperwork himself <laughs> um, because it was just not, not uh, no longer tenable. Uh, I, I, I think United uh, bereft of options to replace him as well. I mean, mm. who comes in? They lost you know, out Pochettino's on, in a job. They lost, they lost out on, on Antonio Conte. Conte. It's uh, p- potentially a, a major sliding doors moment had Spurs beaten United a couple of weeks ago uh, rather than the other way around. Mm. Would, um, would United have pulled the trigger and... And got Conte. Uh, talking of Manchester United uh, managers or ex-managers, David Moyes' was a seven-year contract has probably only only just expired recently. Um, <laughs> but he's, boy, oh boy, he has, you have to take a hat off oh. to him because uh, certainly his first stint at West Ham was diabolical. Mm-hmm. He was poor at Sunderland. He went to Real Sociedad and couldn't pronounce Illaramendi's <laughs> last name in the press conference and just had no clue what was going on I think the on there. highlight of that was when he got sent to the stands and a, a fan offered him a chip. <laughs> that was good. That was at uh, the new camp. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he didn't cover himself in glory over in, over in Spain. He didn't look uh, ready or qualified for that position and he didn't know the league and it didn't work out for him. 
and you've seen Real Sociedad's success since then uh, showing that they actually had a lot of potential mm, as a club. Very true. Um, I have to take my hat off to him because he's playing a very old-fashioned style of Premier League football from the mid-2000s and getting results with it. I mean, West Ham aren't amazing to watch. They're a counter-attacking side. They have a big striker that they launch balls to if they need to. Declan Rice is... Uh, playing is that box-to-box bulldozing presence with, um, you know, Premier League games at a higher pace and a little bit more chaotic than international football. I think that suits his skill set. But, you know, Moisey came to to West Ham and gave that very bold press conference first time around when he said, you know, I win. That's what I do. I win. (laughs) And he got widely clowned for it, but he's proven all the doubt is wrong. Absolutely. And uh, and you you love to see it. Looking at the the table, there they're third really on merit at the moment. Level with Man City, you talk about the 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 style of football that they're playing. It is fast, explosive on the counter attack, but they've scored twenty three goals. Man City have only scored twenty two. They've you know so if you look at City as a, a benchmark sort of a, of attacking football, you know they've they've put more goals in the back of the net than Man City. I think they'll beat Wolves this weekend. Mm, yeah, I think so too. I think the the hammers are looking very strong, and and there's a lot of talk. You know, Andy Townsend after um uh, on the commentary after West Ham beat Liverpool said, uh, you know, yeah they're doing well, but I can't see them making the top four, and you know it'll sort of drop off at the end. I think why why not? Why can't they make the top four? I think certainly while you know United and I mean Arsenal are, are having a little bit of an upturn in form, but you know Tottenham have been poor, Leicester have been poor. While all these sides are tripping over each other, why can't West Ham? Uh, maintain this uh, and keep it going. Uh, we'll rattle through the last few. Uh, Southampton to beat Norwich, I think, is, is yep. probably a universal lock, lock prediction. Lockstep on that one. Uh, Liverpool Arsenal, still the fixture that has the most uh, Premier League goals in history. Pacour is again uh, with ease pricked up uh, behind the glass. <laughs> yes, of course, Andrea Chavin. Uh A lot of the goals in the fixture, uh, certainly of late, have been scored by Liverpool. There have been a, a number of Mm-hmm. Significant wins. I think last year was uh, um, off the top of my head. I think both were three nil or three uh, one. There's been five one at Anfield. There's been four nil at Anfield recently for Liverpool. It seems to be a fixture that Liverpool have a handle of, and I do think we will beat Arsenal. Although uh, I have to go on record, and I, I hope Bakuri is listening. I am a massive fan of Arsenal. I, I said I said this in our preview show as well. I really, really like what they're doing. I love mm. Smith Rowe and Saka and 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 these these younger players that that are coming up. I've I've liked the signings. Tommy Asu looks brilliant. Ben White is maybe a little bit slower, but he looks good. Ramsdale's come in and done very well. So I do like Arsenal. I think they're a shout for top four, but I think Liverpool will be too strong. Yeah, Arsenal are fifth place, and that's exactly where they deserve to be because they can beat the sides below them, uh, but they can't seem to crack uh, uh, the top four and the, and the, the big teams. Um, they, they just don't play well against them. They, don't, they, they can't boss those games. Um, against the uh, sort of lower two-thirds of the Premier League, they can have most of the possession and be patient and create chances through their you know creative talents like Smith-Rowe and, and Odegaard. Uh, but against the big clubs, they're found wanting, and I think that pattern will continue. Um, look, Arsenal spend a lot of money. I don't think it's you know uh, Mikel Arteta and and Edu and Co finding you know uncut gems. They spent fifty million on Ben White and yeah. forty or thirty million on on Ramsdale. Mm, yeah, um, very but, expensive. You know they, they've come at a cost. They're coming at a premium. But most of those guys, especially Tommy Asu, 
Um, and he was about the cheapest of the lot yeah, as well. exactly. <laughs> uh, have really come off. Um, so, you know, uh, there's less creative burden on, on um, players like, obviously he's injured at the moment, isn't he? Uh, Granite Shaka. But, you know, they've relied on him for creativity in years past. They don't rely on... Uh, him anymore. I yep. think that's a very good move to, to play with these two number 10s and uh, Thomas Party adds a lot of the bite in midfield that they've been missing, but I still don't think they're quite at the level yet of Liverpool, City, Chelsea and that's why I think Liverpool's going to win. Yeah, it will be uh, one to keep an eye on certainly if you, if you like uh, to watch games with goals because as history tells us, there should be plenty at Anfield. Last uh, two? Last two then. City and Everton. I think Everton might steal this. Ooh. I think Rafa has has surprised me, to be honest. Yeah. Although the the last couple of they're weeks they're so inconsistent, I can't get a read on Everton at all. The last couple of weeks that they've been quite poor. I mean, the the Tottenham game was just a ridiculously boring nil all draw. Prior to that, three losses in mm. a row. That followed that Manchester United game, which they really should have won. Mm. Um, and then you know losses against West Ham. They were beating Watford and then conceded four goals in the last 10 minutes, um, most of them to Josh King, uh, and then a loss to, to a Wolves side that are, are slightly you know, resurgent themselves. But Damari Gray's impressed me um, for Everton. I, th- I think they – you talk about a blueprint for, for beating Pep. Mm. I remember Newcastle did beat them uh, when sure. Rafa was, uh, was the manager. I think they maybe could um, – Bold shout, can't follow you on it. Um, Everton, I think we're going to have to get uh, a Liverpool-based journo on to talk Mm. us through Everton because I just don't understand them. (laughs) I don't know what style of football they play. I don't know... Uh, you know, how good they are. It's so wildly inconsistent. And that Watford result really threw a spanner in the works of everybody's opinion of them. Uh, So maybe that was a fluke result, but I I don't think they're going to beat City. And last one, Tottenham leads Mm. United. Maybe it's maybe it's more out of hope than actual genuine prediction that I'm <laughs> I'm tipping Everton, but uh, Tottenham, oh, it's, Tottenham really frustrate me, and I think Conte coming in, it, it, it might take a little bit more more time for him to to sort of put his stamp on things. Tottenham if, don't don't keep the ball very well. No, they can't pass. Yeah, and that's the, a problem. The the midfield I think has has really been been found out this season so far. I think. Oliver Skip, you know, he's, he's still young. He was, he's been highly rated at the club. Jose Mourinho, I remember, touted him as a, as a future captain. Uh, Pierre Hoybier had a good season last year, and I really liked him at um, uh, at Southampton. But those those two and, you know, Dele Alli's trying to have some sort of resurgence. Sure. It's just not working. I, I don't really like it, uh, to be honest. But Leeds, I mean, if they were in better form, I'd, I'd probably have tipped Leeds um, to, to win this. But they've started the season... Uh, quite poorly, so I'm going to go with a draw. I have it down as a draw as well, mm. and uh, I think Conte is going to keep it tight and uh, play the, uh, I guess, the sort of leaders in the dressing room in the first few games, the big personalities who yep. stand out to him. And then as he gets more of a handle on the squad, I think we'll see some changes in midfield. I want Ndombele to play every available minute, but is he a Conte player? I'm not sure. Mm. Depends on what formation they pick. If they go 3-4-3, three, three, he's simply not um, – I don't think he's going to play in an inside forward role and he can't survive in a double pivot like that. If they play 3-5-2 uh, with a midfield, um, which gives him a bit more protection, mm. then Ndombele could play the Paul Pogba role for, that you've, uh, he played at Juventus so so well at the sort of left side of the, of the three-man midfield uh, with a box-to-box player and, and a number six behind him. 
that could be the perfect spot for a guy who was a very expensive transfer, has a lot of ability, but has never truly been trusted by any Tottenham manager. Uh, so um, I, I hope he plays. I hope Tottenham finds uh, some midfielders who can uh, pass it to their teammate and not to the opposition. Um, uh, but, you know, Conte is fresh into the job and I don't think he's going to find the formula just yet. So draw for me. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, an intriguing battle, Bielsa versus Conte, and it leads the, the very high tempo Conte probably. Gee, the, there's some the uh, marquee managers in there this are, league this season. Are, it's yeah, uh, unbelievable. It's, uh, I mean, even, even and when... And then there's only got a If Even when Conte was at Chelsea, you know, for, for quite a few years now, there have been some some real top-class coaches in the Premier League. But we'll leave it there on this first episode of... So, I'd call it a pilot episode. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have some uh, overseas contributors over yes, the course of the Yes, we will. We, we must. We'll, We've uh, intentionally gone late at night to get the time difference to the UK so that we can chat to the, the journalists and the personalities from over in the UK and get some real our local expertise yep. to add to our, uh, you know... Because we watch in the middle of the night, sometimes uh, we can't see straight. Yeah, uh, eyes. <laughs> uh, so it's helpful to to get that uh, that local knowledge. But that's for the plan sure. Going forward, yeah. Uh, so uh, a fantastic first episode. Look forward to yeah speaking to some uh, some interesting people in the coming weeks. Having a, a little bit more structure. Hopefully, we we get a nice uh, little show intro as well done. For, oh yeah, we'll, for we'll the have next some commentary. Episode. There's plenty to choose from to, for the sizzle rail. Absolutely. The there league, there better there? be some Peter Drury commentating <laughs> over Mo Salah in there. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. I've been Nick Hughes. He's been Josh Parrish. We'll see you again for the EPL show next week.